Welcome to Evangel Church. Our mission is to bring people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us at evangelchurch.com. Evangel Church, we're happy to be here today. Are you excited to be together for Epic Sunday? My name is Pastor Chris, and it's so exciting on Labor Day weekend to have uh, such a full house. So Hurricane uh, Hermine drove uh, all your plans right out the window this weekend, huh? So we're glad you're here. You know what? I believe in divine appointments, and I believe God has a purpose uh, for it. And you will find in the storms of life, sometimes God can have a purpose even in those uh, as well. We're here today, and this is at the end of a series of messages that uh, we entitled Epic. We were going to walk through some of the Old Testament stories that we've grown up learning and, and knowing and we're going to see how God was telling epic stories, God-sized stories, and how those stories weren't meant to just be contained within the pages of Scripture, but God desired for us to live out some of those same kinds of epic stories in our everyday lives today. And we said that, and we gave you an invitation at the beginning of that series, step into the story. Step into the God-sized story that he has been waiting to tell in and through your life. And at the day we began that series was on July 10th, 2016. And what coincided with that sermon and that week was a group of people. Many of them are sitting right behind me today. They stood all across these altars and they held a giant net. And they put their hands on the net showing how they were going to be stepping into the mission field this summer by going literally to the ends of the earth. And we invited you to pray for them, to grab a hold of that net with them so that we could see God-sized stories unfolding. Church, eight weeks later, I'm so happy to stand here and tell you that our God is faithful, that we have the stories, the God-sized things that have been unfolding in our midst because they went and they experienced those things and they're back today to tell you all about it. Can we praise God together for that? That's what makes this Sunday so epic. It's because we get to tell not our own stories, but God-sized stories of what he's doing in our day and age, what he's doing in the here and now. And on July 10th, I mentioned a portion of scripture, and I want you to turn there this morning because that's what is going to help ground what we're going to be talking about and sharing from today. If you have your Bibles open with me to Luke chapter 5. We're going to be in Luke chapter 5. That's in the New Testament. It's the third book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke uh, chapter 5. And as you're turning there, I'm going to set the scene for what we're going to be talking about this morning. Uh, basically, this is a portion of Scripture where it talks about Jesus as he's walking around, he's ministering, he's sharing, and he's teaching, he's even performing miracles among the people. And one day, after he had been ministering in one area, he set forth to go to another area to continue on in what God had called him to. As he came along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw a boat that was there. It was left by a fisherman that was out that previous evening fishing all night. That's when the fishermen would normally go about their trade. Well, Jesus decided on that day to get inside the boat of one fisherman in particular. His name was Simon. And they put off to the shore. And here's what I know from reading the scriptures, especially the gospels, because there are more than one occasion where Jesus gets inside the boat. And here's what I've realized, is that when someone allows Jesus to get in their boat, something epic is about to happen. Come on, someone. When someone lets Jesus get into their boat, something big is about to take place. And I want you to know the same is true for you if you allow Jesus into your boat. 
uh, you are signing up for an epic life, an epic story that Jesus is then ready to unfold in your life. I don't know if it's about the storms of life that come and because Jesus is there with you, those storms that used to take you under you now find peace like you've never had before. It might be in that boat as you're looking all around that Jesus comes walking out to you on the water and says, you can step out in faith if you keep your eyes on me. It might be even in the midst of that boat that Jesus sets in motion a series of events that calls you to a deeper place. And that's exactly what takes place on this very day in Luke chapter 5. See, Jesus is out there with them in the boat. He's teaching the people. But after he finishes teaching, he asks a question of Simon. And here's what he says. Look with me in Luke chapter 5, verse 4. Here's what Jesus says. He says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, whose name also becomes known as Peter later on in the Gospels. He says, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. You see, he had already allowed him into the boat. He already allowed him to come into that place. But now there's another question that's being asked. I want to say many of us today, we've allowed Jesus into the boat. We've allowed him into our lives. We've called upon him as our Lord, as our Savior. We said, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I want you to know something today. That we see it here and we see it clearly throughout the rest of the Gospels. That Jesus has another question, another calling, another command for us. And it's to put out deeper. And it's to let down the nets for a catch. Another way that he said it is go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and know that I'm with you. Jesus also said to his followers, after we see a miracle happen in this very passage, come and follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. And he said, I want you not just to take hold of the nets that you've been taking hold of, but new nets that I'm going to give you because there's going to be a great haul. There's going to be a great harvest. There are going to be many souls that come into the kingdom of God, a life-changing relationship with me because of your obedience. But that question that he asked to Simon on that day is the same question he's still asking to us. Are you willing to go out a bit deeper and are you willing to let down the nets for a catch? Are you willing to obey me and are we willing to follow me to deeper places? And I want to tell you that those that stood eight weeks ago and they held their hands on the net, they were saying yes to that question. Yes, Jesus, I'm willing to go out a little deeper. Yes, Jesus, I'm willing to go to Mexico. Yes, Jesus, I'm willing to go to Uganda. Yes, Jesus, I'm willing to go to Guatemala. Yes, Jesus, I'm willing to go wherever you call me, across the street or around the world. Because, Lord, you have a place for me. You have a net that I need to put my hands on. And so he asked that question of us today, and my prayer is this, that by the end of today, you'll have the answer to that question. And that you can say as well, yes and amen. You see, because of our obedience, when we say yes to Jesus, God-sized stories begin to become told through our lives. We get a front row seat. And this morning, you're going to get a chance to hear some of those incredible God-sized stories as we take a look at what this last summer has looked like in missions and in outreach, literally across the street and around the world. Are you ready for it, church? Are we ready for it? Can we give a hand for those that are up here this morning, those that have gone? As we look at it, the first uh, trip I want to talk to you about is a trip that we had to uh, Mexico. We had a trip that went out to Guadalajara, Mexico for the fifth time. This is what we're calling a legacy trip. Uh, now, what they did when they went, they were able to do street evangelism. They ministered to the needs of people with the love of Christ. They did skits and dramas. They had a lot of fun. 
but also they most importantly shared the love of Christ and many people came into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ, not just this year, but each of the years as we've continued to go to this area. Now, you think about it, this was just one of the four trips that went out this summer. And for that to happen, it required a lot of leadership, a lot of organization, and uh, a lot of hours of one dedicated individual. And I want to invite her to come up. She's going to help me tell some of the stories today. Can you welcome our Director of Missions and Outreach here at Evangel Church, Maria Cortez? Come on, Maria. Maria's here. She's going to help us tell some of the incredible stories of what God did. But Maria, as I think about Mexico in particular, and you've been to Mexico before. Yep. Uh, you've been on one of those trips. Mexico really, for me, stands out as one of those great first-time missions trip opportunities. Um, it's not, you know, all the way over in Africa somewhere. It's not a far plane ride. But many people actually step out into first-time missions work. And this summer has been a record for how many people have gone out for the very first time to do a missions trip. So tell us some about that. Well, church, let's celebrate, first of all, Mexico legacy trip five years in a row. Let's celebrate over 80 people going to Mexico in the last five years. How awesome is that? Praise God. And this summer alone, this summer alone, we sent out 54, 70%, 70% of those 54 went out for the first time. Let's celebrate them. 70%, church. That's awesome. And since we're speaking about going out for the first time, I would love for us to hear from Holly Morris, whose first time on the mission field was Mexico. So let's bring her up to celebrate. Yes, this was my very first missions trip. And not only did I get to go with a highly favored team, but I got to go with my daughter. And that was very special to me. So when I was in Guadalajara, I saw poverty like I've never seen. I was struggling a lot the first day when we were canvassing in the Coley. My heart was completely broken with the conditions these people live in. Um, that evening, we went to a boy's home, and I was already struggling, so being there just added to my brokenness. There was one boy in particular that touched my heart. He had just gotten there the day before, and he was really scared and sad, and his name was Vladimir. Melinda and I spent most of the night um, talking and coloring with him, and he would not let us take his picture. Before we left, we prayed over all the boys, and Melinda went to Vladimir and told him that we loved him, and he touched our hearts forever, and that we were going to pray for him. And he began to weep. At this point, I couldn't hold it in any longer, and I also began to weep. We hugged, and he let us take his picture. Uh, Chris, the missionary, took that picture and developed it and framed it. And Melinda and I each wrote him a letter, and the next week, Chris brought Vladimir the picture and the letter. I told Vladimir in my letter that God loves him so much and that he sent two mommies all the way from the USA to love him and pray for him. So now he has two new families, and we have a new son. So Julie sent us a picture and a video of him receiving them, and I think you'll think they're epic. Adelante. Hola. Le quiero dar que se cuiden. Muchas gracias. Pero mira aquí la cámara. Aquí. Ándale. Muchas gracias. Los quiero mucho. A mis dos mamás. Adiós.
I'd like to share Vladimir's words that he just shared in that video. First, he wanted to just bless, you know, bless those that wrote the letter, and he just wanted to say that he loves his two mamas. And you could see the joy, and one of the things that really took me aback with this story was the little broken boy that you saw in the picture and then that face right there. I think we have a before and after. And I just want to tell you that that is what happens when you go. Lives are changed because you love on them and you show them what the love of Jesus can feel like. And that broken boy, he'd only been in a boy's orphanage. They took him from the street two days before they met him. And then two weeks later, look at that smile because they didn't just go on a trip, they entered his story. And now he can say, I have two moms and I love them. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Amen. So God, what God has us do as we prepare to go is that he has us praying and being very mindful of those divine connections. And so each of us that have gone have prayed for our divine appointments. And I pray that the rest of this sermon, service time, you'll experience some of those appointments with us. Amen. Thanks so much, Maria. You know, we think about what happened in Mexico, and it's exciting to consider all that God had in store. But 2016 was also a year first for us. And one of those firsts that I'm so pleased to be able to celebrate with you is that we took our first ever medical missions trip to Guatemala. As a church, we were able to send people from the medical profession right there. And some of them are here up here with us today. And want to talk about divine appointments. God did some incredible work there in Guatemala. And, and there's something special that happens Whenever you can take your maybe ordinary, everyday job, your career, the tool, what God puts in your hands, and you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to use it for your kingdom and for your glory. I'm going to use that to serve others. The Bible says each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering the grace of God in its various forms. You know that when you use your gifting, what God has put in your hands, that you're administering the grace of God in various forms whether it's through teaching, whether it's through your song, whether it's through being a medical professional and providing health care to those that need it so dearly. I want you to hear from one of our medical professionals, Evelyn, uh, straight from her as to what this experience meant for her and how she really sees this idea of using the gifts that God gives you, the talent, and even your career to serve him. Take a look at the screen. Hi, my name is Evelyn. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner uh, by practice in New Jersey. And um, I'm here right now in Guatemala. I see most um, pediatric patients because that's my specialty. But if they come in, in a, as a family, I see the moms, I see the dads, um, and I see the whole family. When they hear a medical, free medical clinic, they will come to the clinic. And that's their, our way of reaching out to them. Uh, sharing them the love of Jesus and sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and most of the times they're very very receptive to receive the gospel. So for the per, uh, first few days that we're here uh, I've seen a lot of hypertension, I've seen of diabetes patients who have um, no medication at all. Uh, they started with medication but then they stopped because they don't have money to buy medication. I was very touched on what I see here and also the access of health care. They're not able to get help or see a doctor or see a physician uh, in their local clinics because it's so far they have to travel two to three hours to get care and when they reach that clinic they are um, told to uh, go home because there's so long line 
and uh, sometimes they only re need um, prescribed medicine that they cannot afford, so they go home with nothing. As a nurse practitioner, um, this is a very important ministry for me because then I can use my skills to help patients. And that's the reason why I did advance my degree. So I'm functioning as a medical provider to be able to diagnose and prescribe medications because I, can, I, I, I feel that that's my calling. You know, I've seen poverty in so many places, but this level of poverty is extreme. Come, come, people need your expertise, people need your skill to be able to win them to the kingdom. Whatever you can do with your hands, with your knowledge and your skill, please come and help these people who are unfortunate. That's my heart. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Did you catch what she said right there? Whatever you can do with your hands, come and see how God wants to use it for his kingdom, for his glory. You see, like I said, there are these divine appointments along the way, and um, one of them happened actually in Linnea's life, and I didn't ask her to talk about it today, but I want everyone to say hi to Linnea, and Linnea, you can say hi to everyone. But one of the things that we realized that we were sending a team of medical professionals, and they had varied areas of uh, skill and areas of specialty. And one of them for Linnea is you're an occupational therapist and you work with students in school, correct? And so she went just looking to be a blessing, looking to be engaged in the different clinics that would be there. But what they didn't realize, what we didn't even realize, but we know the Lord knew all along, is that there was a very special ministry that was there called Kelly's House. And they had a focus on special needs children. And it was there that uh, Linnea actually got to use so much of what God had been pouring into your life to be a blessing. Take a look here and see what this was like. And this is Linnea actually being able to use what she had been trained in, what her specialty in her heart was, what she gets a chance to do with students every day, how God has set up these divine appointments for her and put just the right person on our team, church, to be able to be a blessing and minister in this place, in Kelly's house. And so you see what happens when God takes what's in your hands, what has been put in you as a gift, and he allows it to be used when you surrender yourself to him. It's beautiful. It's incredible, Linnea. So can we celebrate that together, church? Thank you so much. I want you to, to, to catch this if you look back with me at Luke chapter 5. Because Jesus asked that question. How far are you willing to go? Are you willing to go a little deeper? Are you willing to go outside of your comfort zone? Are you willing to step out, push out into the deep, and let down the nets for a catch? As you look in verse 4, that's the question he asked to Simon. It's a question he asked to all of us, really. Anyone who chooses to allow him to come into our lives and be Lord and Savior, are you willing to go deeper? Because that's my desire for you. And there are so many excuses that we set up. But he wants to take what's in our hands. He wants to take what he's gifted us with. And he's looking for us to just say yes. To not count up the excuses or the reasons, but to say yes to what he calls us to. Look what it says in verse 5 as he asks that question of Simon. Here's what he said. Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. Some of you would say, you know what, Lord, I can't. You know, my job, my, 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 you know, my boss, you know, our finances, you know this, you know that. I just can't. And I want to tell you, there are as many excuses as there are people in this room for why to say no. But you know what, what Simon does? It's so different than anyone else had asked him. But he said, but because you say so, if you're the one that's asking, then I'm going to say yes. And so today, I want you to look at some of those excuses. Some of you say, you know what? I could never get the time off. I could never take that much time without pay. You know what? There was someone that went on this trip to Guatemala. 
that their boss found out about it, their company, and they said, you know what, we're giving all that to you as paid time off because of what you're doing. This isn't a Christian organization that did it. Isn't that amazing? We put up the excuses, but the Lord says, test me in this. Trust me. Trust me. Step out. And when we say, Lord, because you're asking, and I know he's asking some of you right now. He's knocking on the door of your heart. This is what happens when we say yes to Jesus. He takes what's in our hands and he uses them for his glory and for his kingdom. And lives are changed. Eternity is different. You know what? Many of these medical professionals, they're under the supervision and they're under the leadership of good physicians. And I want to tell you, good people under the, under the leadership of a good physician can do some pretty amazing things. But I want to tell you, that's some great people that are under the care and direction of the great physician on mission, the miraculous happens. Not just amazing things, not just good things, but supernatural things. Healing begins to take place because they've surrendered themselves to the Lord. And so that's what we want to see happening. That's what we want to see continuing to unfold inside of our lives. And I want to tell you something today that's not just about the tools that are in your hand that God has put there and allowed there that can make a difference in lives. It's also, and many of us see that it's the trials in our lives. So it's not just the tools in our hands. Sometimes God can even use the trials in our lives to be a witness and to be used for his kingdom purposes in mission. And with that, I think there's no better testimony that I want to hear than my sister Iris. Iris, will you come and join me? And will you just uh, join me in welcoming her as she comes and gets ready to share? Now, the reason why I wanted you to get so excited, church, is because our sister Iris, a couple weeks before the trip, was in a hospital bed paralyzed from the waist down. And the doctor said, we didn't know, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know that you're going to be able to get up and go. Your boss, who is a doctor, said the same thing. But you said, I know my Lord can heal me. And I know Amen. I'll be in Guatemala. She was in Guatemala, church. Yes. <laughs> she was there. She was there. God healed her. God touched her. God set her free. And God's given her a story. Amen. And we knew that God would have a mighty story and a powerful one to tell through your life. Yes. And so the story begins, though, that you show up to leave and you're carrying some crutches. Correct. You're carrying crutches. So you can imagine the team wondering, what's going on? Iris is walking in with crutches, but these weren't crutches that you needed to help you walk. No. They were ones that you were going to bring onto the mission field because yes. you believe God had a purpose for those. Yes. You actually said, and you're going to say it in a moment in your testimony, these crutches have a name. They do have a name and they have a face. So Maria, will you come over and bring this picture from this divine moment, this a divine appointment in Iris's life, and let's hear exactly how these crutches had a name. By the grace of God, my healing kept coming alone, and I was clear to go to Guatemala. I just knew the Lord was going to complete my healing while I was on the ground. At church, someone had donated a pair of crutches, but in order to take them to Guatemala without paying extra, someone needed to carry them on the plane. I volunteered since my leg would still feel weak from time to time. Maria was concerned with me carrying extra items. I shared with her that there was some, there was a reason why God allowed my paralysis before the trip. I will carry them because there was a divine appointment to, uh, for those crushes. I just knew they had a name. There was a girl that came to the clinic on the first day we were ministering. She was special. Young woman with a very badly deformed leg and carrying old wooden broken crushes that didn't fit her. 
Linnea said, I have the perfect crutches for you. Her name was Maria, and she was, could not believe that we were just giving her crutches at no cost. Graciously, she accepted them with a big smile. We later learned that they have contacted uh, Maria for information, and she will schedule a corrective surgery on her leg, and hopefully one day, so she will walk without her crutches. As I returned home, I became abundantly clear that the Lord had loosened my foot and my healing is completed. I serve a mighty and holy God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Sometimes the very trial, the very thing that you thought would bury you, the Lord's going to pick up and use for his glory. It's amazing to see how he does that. Are you willing to surrender whatever it is in your life, whatever it is that you're walking through, whatever it is that is in your hand to be used for his glory and for his purposes? We saw that as the team was able to spend time in Guatemala, they were able to see poverty like they'd never seen before. In fact, some of the areas they went to, one of them was a dump. It was literally the city dump. And when they went there, they didn't just find garbage and things burning. They actually found people that were living there. And they were picking through. And so the team went around. They began to pray and call out to the Lord, believing that these people could find hope. Many of those that live in this particular area of Guatemala, this is seen as an area that's in the outskirts. And many also live up in the mountains. And they feel like a very forgotten people, a people that have been overlooked in many ways. Some of them, they, they don't get meals for days and days on end. And so the team went and they did a feeding program right there, right in the dump, right among where these families and these children were. And the children came. They were so eager to eat because they hadn't eaten in so long. And then the team noticed this one young boy. When everyone else ran, he didn't. He couldn't muster up the strength. And he sat there against the wall, unable to even have the strength to go and get the food. So the team brought him something to drink and they brought him some food. And they sat there and they looked and... And what he's sitting under is the very verse that says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the team was believing, praying over that young boy that the Lord would now be his strength, that the Lord would give him everything he needs, that he would raise him up again, and that God would begin to work a miracle in his life, church. I believe it. Because you know what? They felt forgotten. They may have felt like they had nothing, but Jesus sent a group of people right here from this church to say, we're going to be his hands and feet, and we're going to show these people through an act of love, through something as simple as a meal, that you're not forgotten. Jesus loves you, and he's your provider, and he can be your strength, even for this young boy. Praise the Lord that he's so good. Praise the Lord that he's here with us. See, up in the mountains of Guatemala, there are all these communities that are forgotten, and because no one even knows about them, even the government, they don't even have to worry about them. These people, they're suffering in silence. Many of them, they have no access to clean water. Many of them, they're suffering with diseases and they can't find their way to any kind of clinic. There's no medical treatment for them. They're just there. They feel abandoned. In fact, one group of them said it like this. We are just a forgotten people. We're just a forgotten village. No one knows about us. No one cares. That first got our attention. If you remember a few years back, we were able to minister um, with the Children of the World Choir from World Help. Do you remember that? On a Sunday, whenever we had all these children from all over the world here ministering, singing songs, some of them were from Guatemala. On that day, we shared a video that talked about baby rescues. 
And this was where there were those that were suffering in these villages in the remote mountains of Guatemala where there were families, where there were children, babies that were dying of preventable diseases, of treatable diseases, but because they had no way to get there, they just would suffer in silence till eventually they would die. But you know what? God knew. And he sent a ministry like World Help that said, if they can't come to us, we're going to them. And those people, they would hit the mountains. They would go to those forgotten places and they'd rescue those babies, nurse them back to health in rescue centers, and then bring them back. And with them also came the gospel of Jesus Christ. And whole families were changed as a result of these baby rescues. So it's to these very <coughs> forgotten places, forgotten villages, that we knew as we were going to Guatemala that we'd be called to minister and as the team had a chance to go to one of them, there was a divine appointment for Sonia. And Sonia, you had a chance to see firsthand what this was like. And there was one life in particular that God put before you. And I want you to tell us about it. Would you welcome Sonia? She shares. Hello, everyone. As I look through the photos, even today, I am brought back to the back of that pickup truck. I took in the beauty of Guatemala. My heart was racing in anticipation of meeting the people at the top of this mountain. As we traveled along this steep and narrow dirt road, we saw a woman who was looking for water. We continued to travel and reached the mountain about five minutes later. The people were warm and welcoming. There was such hope, but also fear in their eyes. Our group was divided into two teams, one to minister to the children and the other to do home visits. As I walked toward the homes, I thought to myself, Lord, I would have thought that you'd have sent me with the children. As you, if anyone knows me, I'm always with the children. But I thought to myself, not my will be yours be done, Lord, but your will be done. By our standards here in the U.S., these homes were extremely primitive. Some living spaces were literally a part of the mountain, and others had grass roofs. Animals like pigs and chickens shared the same living space as the people did. As I walked, an elderly woman took my hand. She wanted me to see her home. I followed her into a room that seemed more like a cave than a home. It was extremely small with a dirt floor. And as her words were translated, I came to the realization that in this one room, she sleeps. In this same room, she cooks. There's no bed, just rocks and dirt. I thanked her for inviting me into her home. She gave me permission to pray for her. And as I held her in my arms, I prayed, Lord, don't let our words or promises fall void. So I say, Evangel, please, let's make a change in the lives of these people. Amen. I've got the wrong picture, Pastor Chris. This forgotten village is forgotten people. Many of them, they felt so neglected. That one woman in particular that stood on the side of the road that Sonia mentioned as they went up the winding roads was Maria's divine appointment, one of the many that happened in her life as she stepped out. And Maria, would you tell us about that? Yes, yeah, so we were on our way to a village called Cerro Grande, up way tucked in the mountains. And we encountered the woman, you saw her in Sonia's video, and she looked surprised and happy to see us. And 
she'd been walking for hours looking for water. And because there's no well in her community, there's no clean water. The woman explained that when she does find water, it's dirty, but it was the dry season now, and so it took longer than usual. As I reflected and thought of her, the reason why she looks so surprised to see us is because no one goes up to the mountains to visit them. No one goes to the mountains to pay attention to them. And then I thought as I walked through the village, there's no clinic. There's no, the school has one house, you know, just one room. There's no church. And so the government, as Pastor Chris said, just overlooks them. And so they don't build in that area. Well, I had the opportunity to talk not only to this woman, but to a group of all the mamas. And as I shared with them hope, and as I tried to uplift them, I reminded them that Jesus had not forgotten them, that Jesus does not yep. overlook them. And church, Sonia's prayer was that we would respond and the Lord has not forgotten them. And so I'm here to announce that in Cerro Grande, before the end of the year, there will be fresh water because, amen, amen, amen. It is because of your amazing, limitless generosity that we can change the lives of others. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen and amen. So moving to see that our work's not done in Guatemala, that God's going to continue to send us. And we look forward to telling you in the future about what that could look like. What fills my heart with joy is just as we sent a team of medical professionals to Guatemala that God had also a plan for our youth, our next generation, to also take a trip this summer to Guatemala as well. And can we give it up for our youth? That of all things that they would choose to do this summer, in the time they have off from school, there was a group of them that said, you know what we want to do? We want to step out and, and be the hands and feet of Jesus to a group of people that would need to know of Christ's love. And they were able to be there as they were on ground. They teamed up with other kids from all around New Jersey and they traveled and they put on uh, productions and they did dramas and skits. They spent time in schools and God met them in such incredible and miraculous ways as they used their talents for the Lord. It's during that time, a time that, that our, our youth, they, they're, they're making such a, some of the most important decisions in their life there are those that I just want to commend, church, and would you commend them with me, that decide they were going to step out into the mission field. Just overwhelms my heart to consider them saying yes in that way, and God met them as they stepped out. And there's someone that I want to invite here. God has just been unfolding some beautiful things in her life. A few months back, actually a while back, we had the privilege and, and honor to be able to baptize her right here in Evangel Church on a Sunday morning, just like what's coming up in just a few weeks on the 25th. Her name is Siobhan. And Siobhan, would you come? And can we just welcome her as she comes? We talk about divine appointments, and God had one for you. And so would you just take a couple minutes and share with us about that? To start off, I just want to thank you all so much for all of your support and generosity for our fundraisers and everything and for your prayers. Um, our lives were really changed, so thank you for making that happening. Um, I had the blessing and honor at one school to wash children's feet and give them new shoes. So every day at a school after ministry, we would have about 10 children chosen to receive a new pair of shoes. And then some people from our team would be chosen to wash their feet and give them new shoes. 
Um, needless to say, this was such a humbling experience. I, I can't think of a better way to be the hands and feet of Jesus and serve literally like he did than to wash their feet and give them new shoes. So it was so incredible. And the people of Guatemala aren't like us, with all respect. Um, they're not worried about the latest and greatest or what shoe brand or what they're wearing. They were thrilled to have new shoes, but it was so much more than shoes to them. It was a joy and a love that they got to experience that they've never experienced before. It was the joy and love of God. And it was so amazing to witness and to see that on their faces, as you can see in this picture. And so the verse John 3.30 has taken on new meaning in my life since the trip. He must become greater and I must become less. I must become less. Because the less I am, the less I hold on to, the more available I am for him. The more ways I can serve. And um, I've just been so challenged since coming back to serve more and to look for more opportunities and to see people through God's eyes and just become less and just have a more gracious, generous heart. So thank you. Awesome. Incredible. We have another testimony as well from this team. This is from Olivia. And so, Olivia, would you share about that divine appointment that God had for you? Hi, I'm Olivia. Um, I went to Guatemala, as is evident by my pants. Um, um, like Siobhan, um, we're on the same team, obviously. Uh, we were doing ministry in public schools for about 90% of the time. And um, I was a little nervous because um, it was a public school, so I didn't know what I was walking into and because I don't really speak much Spanish, so I, there was the language barrier there. So on the first day, um, when we were doing our program and dancing and singing and all that, I was amongst a group of um, third or fourth grade boys. There was three of them, as you can see here. And um, they were really silly during the entire program, especially because I was a girl and I, I was trying to dance with them and stuff, so they were being very silly the entire time. Um, so when it was time to do the altar call, they raised their hands, and I was looking for a boy to pray with them because I didn't want to invade their space, make them uncomfortable. Um, but all the lovely boys were taken, so I had to pray with them because I wasn't just going to leave them out there. So I, um, I, I gathered them um, like that. We were on the ground, and I just put my arms around them, and we started to pray. And um, as soon as I started to pray, they started crying and weeping, and I just felt um, their burdens being lifted and peace being replaced there by God. And it was really beautiful because I don't speak Spanish and they don't speak English, so they didn't even know what I was saying, but I didn't even need to say anything because Holy Spirit was there in that public school, mind you. So, um, yeah in that public school, and we prayed for a long time, um, past the allotted prayer time, past where they could claim their prizes, mind you, their prizes, which they wanted, past where they could play with their friends, and we were praying for so long, you could see their little feet. People just started standing around us because they didn't know why we were still there, but they didn't care because they had something so precious to them that God had given them, so, um, sorry. I want to tell you, um, that showed me that God's love has no borders at all, whatsoever. Um, it doesn't matter your age, 
um, your gender, where you are, um, what else, your language, it doesn't matter. He broke, he kicked those down. And that was on Monday, the first day. So that completely opened the way for us to be bold throughout the entire week. Um, so yeah, that is my, my special moment. You, you see why we're calling it Epic Sunday, church? God-sized stories unfolding, life-changing stories happening right in our midst. Another one of the trips that we had a chance to take part in this summer was to go around the world to a different continent, to go to Africa, back to Uganda, where we had a team that went last year and ministered. And so we had a team this year that was able to head back, and they were able to visit in the churches and worship there in the churches among the people. They were able to hear of the preaching and people sharing from the word. In fact, Cyrus, who has been here with us, he's no stranger to Evangel Church. Uh, Cyrus, let's give it up for him. Cyrus, who is one of the vice presidents of World Help, shared the word. But after that time, they broke up our team and they literally were able to share in small groups. They taught almost like Sunday school classes, one for the young new marrieds and couples and different groups broke up and our team just poured the love of Christ onto this church, ministered to them, shared Christ's love, shared lessons from scripture, um, poured into them so that they can continue to feel his love along the way. It was an incredible opportunity for them and that was just the beginning of their trip. Throughout the trip, they had several experiences. One of them was that they were able to go to an orphanage and to a school. Uh, they were able to go to this one orphanage, and they told the story, and here's the picture of it, where when the gates came open, the children just came running out, flooding to them. And these children uh, just wanted to be loved on. You know why? Because many of the children in this school, they were children that were rescued. Just like I talked about, these children have been neglected and left in the mountains of Guatemala, forgotten. The same thing happens in, in Uganda that there would be children that would just be left in the streets. Their parents would be sick or it would be too much of a burden and they just let them. So these children get brought into this orphanage and then into a school. So the team got a chance to minister to them, go in and out of their classes, share testimonies, even pray over them. And there was a divine appointment, an epic story waiting for one of the team members that was there right in the classroom ministering to them. And it was Mike Gamble. Mike, would you come? And would you welcome him as he comes? And he shares about this moment, this epic story of what God did while he was ministering to the class. Good morning, Evangel family. Uh, I had an opportunity to share with a seventh grade class. Um, and as a way of introducing myself, I thought of a way of connecting with them. I decided that I would ask if there were any boys named Michael or Mike, because that's my name. And interestingly, there were three boys that shared my name in the first science class. Well, in this science class, no one raised their hand. And I said to myself, oh, well, no biggie. And I began to tell them that God created each of them with unique gifts and talents, and that he had a divine plan for each of them, that they should study hard, that each of them were leaders, and their gifts would one day transform Uganda, and ultimately, Africa. I told one student he might become a teacher. Another, she might become the president of Uganda. I then shared that I happened to be a scientist by education and training, that God had given me gifts in that area. I then referred to the diagram of the human eye they were studying on the blackboard and started mentioning additional parts of the eye that were not labeled. I then pointed to this one boy who said his name was Jacob and said he might become a great scientist one day. And as I was finishing, a team member named Yasmin whispered to me, that the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, there's something special about that kid, Jacob. And I said, you know, Yasmin, 
I had the same feeling overcome me. So we both agreed we should take him out of the class and pray for him. While the rest of the team started singing and worshiping, we excused ourselves and stepped just outside of the room. Yasmin and I embraced Jacob and I prayed over him, over his calling and over his life. When we were done, he told us that his mother calls him Jacob, but that his real birth name is M-I-K-E, Mike. And he said he loved science and studying. He said that he wanted to serve God and do many great things that the Lord had placed in his heart. He said he wanted to be a pastor and a leader because even now he is considered a leader in his class because he always tries to do the right thing. I was done, completely overcome by this divinely appointed visit, by the Lord's infinitely convenient coincidences. I grabbed him again and wept and wept with joy and told Mike, that he would do great things and more if he served the Lord with all of his heart and gave the Lord his life. There were many other miraculous things I witnessed during the trip. However, if God sent me halfway around the world to give a message of his hope to one child that will one day serve him and do many great things for his glory, it was all worth it. I am forever transformed. And church, before I take my seat, I just wanted to tell you, do not ever be afraid to embrace what God has set before you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Another one of the incredible opportunities we had when we were in Uganda in 2015 is that we as a church were able to sponsor a well to be dug in a remote area where they're traveling miles, hours upon hours to try to find drinking water. And, uh, and sometimes when they find it, it isn't clean drinking water. Well, I'm excited to tell you that back then we tried five times and couldn't hit water. This year we did hit water. There is a well that is in a community in Uganda. And the team had the chance to be there as the well was being dedicated. And they were able to dedicate it to the Lord, pray, and watch the children just come alive as they were able to see and experience the water that flowed, a gift from God, but also Christ's love, a, a, a physical, tangible way of showing it. And it's in the midst of that dedication that, that Tara had a divine appointment, an epic story that God was unfolding in her life. And so would you welcome her as she comes to share some about that? Good afternoon, church. The children were the first to envelop the doors of our van. One little boy in particular looked to Maria with soft, trusting eyes as the door, door was drawn forward. The people of this land were extremely curious. They were hungry, their appetites were wet, and they were ready to hear the gospel. They had a very different sense of peace. They watched us. They listened to the words spoken by the pastor of their village. They saw the body of Christ bringing them hope. The presence of God was there in such a supernatural way. He had become tangible to them. The Lord used this team of 11 to bring the hope, to fill the need, to be the connection to the very thing that they needed in order to survive. Standing before them, they witnessed a long-anticipated answer to prayer, all because a community of believers from this very church understood what the cause was. Church, because of you, we were able to witness the goodness of the Lord in a place where the sun was blazing and the blades of grass stung your feet. And the people who seemed to have nothing, they now had everything. Jesus said in John 4, 14, But whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no never, thirst anymore. 
But the water that I give him shall become a spring of water welling up within him in eternal life. Where the well was placed was the most breathtaking mountainside that I've ever seen in my life. Isaiah 12, 3 says this, Therefore you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. And we did. The moments watching the people in this village draw water from the well gave life to that verse. The children danced in it. They sang in it. They poured it onto their faces. Five villages had to share that water, some walking over 10 miles, to fill one yellow jug. I was asked to carry that jug up to the steep terrain while holding on to a precious baby boy that I'd been carrying throughout our time there. I took a few steps, and all I could do was cry. How could I be given this life? How come God chose to give me a home with running water? Why did he bless me with the love that surrounds me? Beside me, a young girl took my jug and she ran it up the hill and she was so happy. She knew who her God was. It was the same God that I love, the one who is good and he's always good. He's all seeing, he's all knowing, and he's filled with grace and truth. The Lord has shown me that we don't all need the same things in life, but yes, we all need Jesus. God, who became man, and the perfection who took on our sin as his own, enters into every life that would have him. And he walks the length of it with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us through it all. Looking around at this unfair world, we should be on our knees. We should be fighting for the underdog. We should be comforting those who mourn. We should be praying for those with needs. And we should be expecting miracles for the broken. We need to feed those who are hungry, and we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus until he comes back again. It must matter to us because it matters to him, and it breaks our hearts because it first broke his. Matthew 9, 36 to 38 says, Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out the workers into his harvest. Thank you, Evangel Church, for hearing the call to go. Water is just one of the many issues that are plaguing the people of Uganda. Just as I told you, um, there are many that are suffering without access to clean water, and because of that, they're developing worse and worse conditions and issues, and, and that then leads to children especially that come down with illness and sickness being discarded or in need of severe medical treatment. The team, while they were there in that very area, had a chance to go to a baby rescue center and a malnutrition center. And it was there as they walked in, they could just, they were overcome with what they were witnessing. Within the doors of this building, who were being cared for were precious lives, young children, babies, that without this facility there, and this wasn't near where the well was that we provided, it's in a completely different part of Uganda, but this was serving all the villages around and children from far and wide were being brought there and cared for. And as the team went in, they were able to embrace many of these children, some of them hanging on uh, for dear life. They were able to minister to them, pray with them, do everything they could to bring joy to the moms that were there, that were hoping that their children would soon recover. But all of these children, they were rescued out of 
uh, terrible situations, terrible health circumstances, some of them abandoned, found and being nursed back to health so that they could find a hope and a future and maybe even one day find themselves in the orphanage just as we had shared. Church, the need is real and just this facility alone servicing so many villages, so many people, as we've considered what it is that we can do to bring lasting change and the good news of Jesus Christ to the area, the village where we have been able to strike water, I'm so excited to tell you that because of your generosity, we're not just going to see water come to that village, we're going to transform that entire village with the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going to help bring a medical clinic uh, to that village. We're going to help bring uh, the di different things they need to sustain them through the trials and the difficulties. In fact, I have a video that I want to share with you because we've already started to fund in the village right where the well has been dug. We are funding a medical clinic that's already being built. So children and doctors and people with needs can come from far and wide and receive the care that they so desperately need. Would you take a look here as Cyrus tells us more about the medical clinic that you are sponsoring in this village in Uganda. Take a look at the screen. Hello, friends from Evangel Church in New Jersey. What a blessing to stand on the site of the clinic that you have helped provide here in the village of Luwunga in Uganda. Behind me is the actual facility that will be treating all the health needs for this village. More than 2,000 people live in this community. There's not a single medical facility that can be at least at a walking distance in case there's a need. So when a mother is, for example, going through labor, she doesn't have access to any medical facility. It's far away. Any laceration, when kids get cut, whatever you're talking about that is at least a primary healthcare need, none. This facility is going to be where it's going to be treated. And as I walk on this side, what I want you to see is the funds you've provided is also going to have a nurse's quarter. And behind me, the construction that is going on is where the nurse that is going to be here around the clock is going to reside. That way, if there's any emergency for families at night, since they don't even have any ambulance, since there is not even any way to transport somebody to the nearest hospital, it makes sense to attract this nurse to be residing here on the campus of this clinic. That will be where she's going to be. And next to it is going to be the main office so that when people are coming for triage and such, that will be done here. And right at the corner is where the security guard is going to be. We need somebody who is going to be protecting this campus, this facility. You have medical equipment, you have medical uh, treatments that are going to take place. We need the guard to be here. And then uh, next to it will be the, the, the latrine. I just want to take a moment to tell you how much this will be a huge blessing here. For the community not to have any health care and now having this, you are rescuing lives because of this. So on behalf of all of us who have come on behalf of uh, Evangel, World Help, God bless you. And may you know you have already done something here in Uganda that will outlive you and will last for eternity. Families are going to be treated for the great name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you. Church, that's what it looks like when you put your hands to the net. It's not just those of us that go, but it's those of us that prayed, and it's those of us that give. But I'm happy to say that that impact that we've been seeing hasn't just been around the world, but it's been across the street. And on the weekend of August 20th and 21st, we sent 
three times as many people into our local community than we did abroad. Over 150 people sharing the love of Jesus in Plainfield, in Lebanon, New Jersey, and even down the hall when we packed 1,000 boxes for Operation Christmas Child. Let's celebrate that, Lord. So from the construction of literal walls at New Jersey Teen Challenge to the construction of shoe boxes to be sent around the world to the building of 600 backpacks, we saw enthusiastic people on mission being the hands and feet of Christ. And they ranged from five years old to well, well, well over some years. And so I would like to share one person's testimony about her time at the Backpack Outreach, and that's Mean's story. She said, when you set out to do anything for the Lord, you pray, please, Lord, make me a blessing. And while I was there, I saw the excitement and smiles on the kids and just knew that God was there. Kids were allowed to pick their own choice of color toothbrush because I had been given a special privilege to hand each child a toothbrush. I had such a joy to be hands-on with each child. I want you to know that Meme touched over 500 little children's hands that day. Over 500. She got to pray a blessing over them and speak into them. She continues that she looked at, each child looked at her right in the eyes and said, thank you. And one girl even gave her a hug, which was such a great blessing. And she was tired and her body ached, but she felt so blessed. So church, even across the street, you can make an impact. And so I just want to share with you that at the exact same time that the team was preparing students in Plainfield to go to school, we had a team preparing Teen Challenge to have more room for more students so that they can find freedom in Christ. By building the chapel and a student center and renovating additional dorm rooms, I want you to know that each of those cabins allows 12 more lives to be changed, church. And that's all what happens when you put your hands to the net. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> like Maria said, and we got to realize it, church. You need to realize it. Get it in your heart and know that our mission field is across the street and around the world. That you don't have to get on a plane and go to, you, to Uganda or to Guatemala to be on mission with Jesus. It can be across the state to Lebanon, New Jersey with Teen Challenge. It can be across the street in Plainfield through an outreach like that. It could be across the hall packing shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child. You say, Pastor, we've been doing this for years. How could that be missions work? We want you to know that each one of those shoe boxes end up going out from here and they find themselves in a village, in a place, in an area where someone needs to know about the love of Christ. There are stories after stories about lives that have been changed. In fact, one we don't have the chance to tell you about today is a young boy who is ministering in Togo, West Africa. And as he's there, they had an area that had all kinds of witch doctors, that had all kinds of um, people that were turned away from God. In fact, they were, it was just rampant there. But they never came to church when they got any invitation, but when those shoe boxes showed up, all of those people, all of those that were worshiping uh, false gods, they showed up and many of them gave their lives to Christ. Even the village witch doctor gave his life to Christ. So don't tell me that there is an impact when we give something as simple as a shoebox and God's gonna use that. I'm excited to tell you that we have more and more opportunities that are coming our way. 
This year through Operation Christmas Child, we're doing something we've never done before. You see, normally we pack the boxes here. Thousands of them get put into a tractor trailer. That tractor trailer goes somewhere in the United States, is loaded into a shipping container and goes out literally to the ends of the earth. Well, we only get to see it from this perspective right here in New Jersey. But this fall, as we get into the beginning of December, we're going to be sending a team of 40 people, a whole busload of people, that are going to head down to Baltimore to the Operation Christmas Child Distribution Center. Then you will be able to package the boxes into the shipping containers, pray over them, and see them go out literally to the ends of the earth. Isn't that exciting, church? We get the opportunity to continue on in this mission. It's another opportunity for you to go. So today, what does this mean for us? Let's go right back to Luke chapter 5. We've heard all these things. And here's what we find out. Look on the walls. They held the nets, and they said there's going to be a catch. And when you walk out in obedience, when you say yes to Jesus, epic things happen. Look what happens in verse number 6 as we look and continue in Luke 5. It says, when they did that, when they released the nets, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. And I want you to see spiritually the same thing has happened that we're back, and that's why all these pictures are here along this net. This is the very net they held. you know why? Because there are so many lives that have come into the kingdom, so many lives that have been impacted for eternity. But when you put your hands to the net, here's what I found out when we read, and we see it in God's word, that your hands are not enough. So you see in verse 7, look what happens next. It says, they had to signal to their partners to come and help them, and they had so many that they filled both boats. And I want to tell you the epic thing that God's doing. He said the harvest is still plentiful. The workers are still too few. So will more people be willing to put their hands on the net, go across the street, go around the world, and be used by God? That's what he's calling us to. That's what he's calling us to. When they came back, they were overwhelmed. In verse 10, Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Now on, you're going to fish for people. And it says in verse 11 that when they got onto the shore, they left everything. And they followed Jesus. They said yes to Jesus. So what am I asking of you today? Are you willing to say yes to Jesus? Are you willing to put your hands on the nets? At the end of your pews, you're going to see there's a stack of cards, papers. Take those quickly and pass them down. And as we close today, I'm giving you an opportunity to put your hands on the nets. We're going to have our ushers standing at the doors on your way out. And I'd ask you before you leave this building today... Will you sign your name on the line and say, yes, Lord, I'm stepping into the story. Yes, Lord, I'm putting my hand to the nets. And when you do that, you say, but I don't know what I'm signing up for. I don't, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's just, are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to push out deeper? And when you do this, here's what will happen. We're going to take that information and you're going to be the first to know about future opportunities. You're going to be the first to know about whenever we open up the spots for this op opportunity for Operation Christmas Child, future missions trips, future outreach opportunities, future chances to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So take that card, fill it out, leave it with one of our ushers before you leave today. And also I'm going to ask the team that's been sitting up here, would you come down at this time as those are being distributed? Would you stand among the altar here? And church, we're going to dismiss a bit differently today. Could we all stand once you've received that card in your hand? Could we all stand all around this room? And instead of you walking out that way, I want you to walk out this way. Before you leave, if your answer is yes, yes to whatever it is that God will call you to, wherever it is he would call you to, across the street or around the world, he's calling you to step out deeper. Will you use everything you have? Will you surrender it to him? 
If that answer is yes, then instead of leaving that way today, I want you to leave this way. And would you come up to this altar and let one of these team members just pray over you briefly, bless you as you go, bless you as you step out in obedience to Jesus. All of us can come. Anyone can come. You don't even have to wait. Come right now. But as you leave today, would you file out this way? Let them briefly pray over you, you and may you then walk in all that God has for you. God bless you and amen. And let's celebrate together what God is going to do as we step out in obedience to him. So come on, everyone's free as they sing this closing song of worship. This is the way we'll be dismissed today.